amazing to me how how God works, and I know that you don't. Maybe maybe you do understand, maybe you don't. But being a pastor, sometimes I I guess I struggle. Am I? And I and I say, am I really in God's will? Am I really in the Lord's will this morning? And then God will do what He done this morning, and and He'll let me know that I was in His will. And I, I appreciate the Lord when He does that. It's just an amazing thing. Amazing thing what God will do in your life. Amen. James chapter number 3, if you find your place, amen. amen. And if you will, let's all stand and let's read the Word of God this morning. James chapter number 3, verse number 1 through verse number 5. I want you to listen to this. My brethren, be not many masters knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Now this is deep, I want you to listen. He said, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Let's read verse 5 one more time. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Let's pray. Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, God, and I just pray, Father, that you would uh, have your hand be done upon each and every prayer request. May mention this morning, God, there were several, Father, can't name them all this morning, but Father, I'm glad you know. And Father, we do just pray, God, that you touch each and every one. They're all important. And God, we know that you hear when we pray. We thank you for that. And God, this morning I pray, Father, that if you would, please just touch our hearts. God, help us to be tender. God, to be receptive to your word this morning. And Father God, may that charity, may that love, God, for one another just flow out. God, the love for you. And Father, we just love you this morning. Thank you. And God, I pray that you be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. They were standing and be seated. I preach on this thought this morning. We have great power, but do we use it right? We have great power, but do we use it right? That's a great statement, is it not? I mean, think about this. You and I are more powerful sometimes than we really realize. And I know that all power comes from God. But you and I have a power this morning that is beyond measure. You and I have something this morning that we can use that can cause hurt or it can cause help. It can cause, uh, uh, it can cause you uh, to help direct paths or it can cause you to destroy paths. It can cause you to build things up or it can cause you to tear things down. And by way of introduction, I want to give you some history on this book of James. And I want to look for a minute this morning at the context of our Scripture. 
Now, it's as you and I come to this book of James this morning that there's a lot that can be said about this book. I mean, this book, what you would find this morning is you would see that it is faith without works that is death. Now, James mentions the us a total of three times in this book. He says it in James 2 and 18. The Bible says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. He says in James 2 and verse number 20, the Bible says, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. He says it again in James 2 and 26. The Bible said, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. It's one thing this morning to say that we have faith. It's a whole nother thing this morning to show that faith. Amen. We can sit here and say that we have faith all that we want to. But until our faith is being lived out, then faith without works is a dead faith. May I say this morning with all respect for each and every one of us this morning that I'm very afraid in churches of America today we stand up and we uh, wave our hands and we talk about faith, but how do we exercise that faith? And there's so many things that could be said this morning, but I'm afraid this morning there's a lot of folks on a church pew that their spiritual life is dead. We've become stagnant like a stagnant pond, yes, and, and it's beginning to sit so long that it stinks. Well, I know we're not saved by works, but faith without works is a dead faith. If you say that you've never had a change in your life, if you say that you've never had a desire to do more for God in your life, if you say that I've never had a desire to get closer to God, I'd check up on faith this morning because faith without works is dead. We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. But once we're saved by grace, that grace that God has worked inside of us, we want to show up on the outside. Oh, friend, there's so much in this. I wish I had more time to go into detail about the us. But what this book of James is mainly about is a faith that's dead is worth is worse than having no faith at all. Amen. It's kind of like a pond that's stagnant when it stinks, as I said a moment ago. It's the same way with the life of the child of God. The faith that we need in our day and the kind of faith the world needs to see is a faith that works and a faith that lives and a faith that is real. But too many people are fake people and phonies in our day and in our time. Boy, we need to shape up. The world needs something real. This world's got enough phonies in it. And this world needs something that's right. And, and what's real ought to be found this morning in the people of God at God's house. It ought to be real. Now one man made the stupid statement one time. He said that if you don't have it, just fake it till you get home. Yeah, oh goodness, that's right. Ain't that crazy? I don't need to fake something. Amen. I'm glad. Hallelujah. I'm not saved by feelings, but I'm glad I can feel Him every now and again. I don't have to fake it. I can feel it. Hey, I know within my bones that it saved my soul from the devil's hell. Hey, friend, is your faith real? A lot of times, that the way we can tell if our faith is real or not, though, is by this great power living within us this morning. Mm. 
Oh me. We ought to back up our actions. What our tongue says. Uh, we've caused people to slip and to fail this morning all because of one of the littlest members in our body and it's hard to get control of, amen. And it's that thing that is flapping in front of you and me this morning and the thing is called the tongue. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 8 and 13, Wherefore if meat make thy brother to a fem, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to a fem. That verse is dealing with meat that is eaten and which can offend a brother but how many times have we offended a brother by the use of our tongue? Preacher, this is going to be fun. Amen. Well, I want to say this. This morning, if it comes from the Word of God, if it's the truth, that's not the kind of offending I'm talking about. Amen. If the Word of God offends you, then what we need to do is get our heart right with God. That's not what I'm talking about, amen. That's called conviction. And when the Word of God says something about somebody they don't like, they'll say the preacher's mean. They'll blame it on the Sunday school teacher. They'll blame it on everybody except themselves. And they ought to be looking at self and saying, what do I need to get right in my life? Well, that's not what I'm talking about this morning. James here is not talking about that either. But the thing you and I need to learn to do in our day is that we need to learn the same thing uh, to tame this thing that is called our tongue. Now, this ain't real popular. And, but this is, there's a whole lot in this. All the damage that's been done for the years by the use of our tongue. Boy, I tell you what. I think of the damage I've done. With my tongue. Think of the damage that uh, comes from, we're going to look at this later, I'll probably say this again, but think of the damage done by spouses arguing with their tongue. Just think about that for a second. And uh, hey, it happens, does it not? But that's all for the history. I didn't give you much. Look at the context of our Scripture. Now, as we come to this book of James this morning, we see that James is a servant of God. He says in James 1 and 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Now, another thing that's neat to know about this man named James this morning is that he's the half-brother of Jesus Christ, and it's him who's mentioned the gospel. He's mentioned in Matthew 13 and 55. The Bible says, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James? and Joseph, and Simon, and Judas. So, James is who wrote this book. But now, look at what James is saying here in chapter 3, verse number 1. He says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. That word masters in our text is dealing with teachers, and I guess you could say pastors. And so it seems to me that James was living in a day and time where people wanted to be teachers. Everybody wanted to be uh, uh, teachers, and everybody wanted all eyes on them. And he said, hey, you better not desire this because they'll receive the greater condemnation if they stand up and ruin a church and ruin a congregation and ruin a people by this little thing that is called their tongue. Teaching and preaching is a serious responsibility laid on man by God and we've got to be very careful of what we do. Amen. That word master there. So we see that. Now look in verse number 2 the Bible says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. It was obvious there were teachers who were offending all. 
And we know this morning not everybody's going to agree with everything a teacher or preacher says, and we're right on that. But what it is, James is saying here is that if any man does not offend, that man's a perfect man. That's what the Word of God said. And I don't think that any of you or any of us have made it there yet. There's nobody that's perfect. And I want to say this. If you're looking at me to be perfect, yeah, you're in trouble. Amen. Because I'm not perfect and none of us are perfect. Alright? So James says all this. Then he says, verse number 3, the Bible says, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. Now, what a little thing that it is this morning that can control a horse. I don't know nothing about horses. I had to look all this up. And the thing that James is getting ready to do this morning, he's going to make all of this apply to our little tongue. So we see that we put a bit in a horse's mouth. That bit controls the horse. Now get a hold of this. Look at this in verse number 4. The Bible said, Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeneth. Now, that word governor means somebody who's in charge. Hold on to that, alright? So we see that a big old ship can be controlled with the helm. We see that. And we'll look at that later as well. But know this morning, it's something that's so small that can turn a big old ship. That's amazing, is it not? James says that, and he said in verses 5 through 10, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Wind chimes. Amen. Boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body. Wow, one little thing defileth the whole body and set upon fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. Now, that says no man can tame the tongue, right? Okay, no man. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Get all of this. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Now we see this morning James getting down to the nitty of the gritty of our Word of God. It's now that we see just what power lies in you and me this morning in something that is this little, this big, and we have the power of the tongue and the power of words this morning. But again, the question I want to ask this morning is do we use the power that God has given us right. Boy, what a power we've got. He's given us a tongue to speak with, has He not? Amen. And He's given us that tongue to use it for His honor and for His glory and for His pleasure. But oh, how many times do we use this little thing in our mouth to tear one another up to take one another in long enough to chew each other up and spit each other out and do it again and do it over and over and over. We're kind of like a cow chewing the cud. We spit it up. That's real gross.
gross, ain't it? That's what they do. They spit that out and then they eat it up again. And that's what we do with each other and wonder why we can't have meeting in God's house. Amen. Well, it has so much power this morning. I think we fail to understand the power that's lying within our own two lips. You know, I've got power. Do we use it right? I hope this morning we can leave out of this church this morning just knowing what power that it is God's given all of us that can talk. Hope we can leave out of here as well using the power that God has given us and using the power right to be a blessing. Amen. Not uh, not a destroyer. It might change the world if the children of God use their tongue the way God wants us to. What's with this on my mind? I want to preach on this thought. We have great power, but do we use it right? Serious message this morning. Number one, I see we have the power to direct. Number two, I see we have the power to destroy. Number three, I see we have the power to delight. We do. All right here within our lips. Whoever knew we had so much power this morning? And it's right here for us in the Word of God. Look, number one, and how we have power to direct. And by the way, before we get started, this is one of those works of faith that James talks about in the Word of God that ought to be working in and through our lives. You know what's wrong? We are missing that heart of charity in our day and time. The heart of love. And it's missing in our churches. And it's no wonder why we're so cold and dead and dry on God. Our love is gone. Hey, Bible said in verses 1 through 4, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to rattle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor lists them. Now, as we said a moment ago, it's very obvious James is living in a day and time which people wanted to be masters. But it's the thing that he told them that many also need to know in our day as well. The thing he's letting them know is that they should not be so impressed by having authority in God's house because what it brings about is great responsibility brings about great accountability and I'm afraid we're living in a day where many people are trying to teach and to preach this morning our day and they're unaware they'll give an account and stand I will stand before God for everything that I preach for every preacher that comes in here I'll give an account of that before God it's a serious thing anytime we teach something to the congregation we'll give an account for that for everything we've said amen I wouldn't desire it if I was you, but I'm telling you, friend, this morning, if God reigns your heart, then I'm telling you, it's still a good word. Amen. But you better be careful of how we use God's word. Brother JR's done said it this morning. There's divisions in this thing. We're to study to show thyself approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. There's divisions in it. Okay, there are just not many people who take this thing of preaching and teaching seriously in our day. And they think it's something they can take up. Had a neighbor one time. He's just going to take it up. It's okay. We'll see how that goes. And uh, he never took it up. Amen. This thing is serious. And it's James that's letting us know in our text. It's them who have a stricter judgment upon their lives. I'm not perfect by any means, but I'd hate to be Joel Osteen. 
And Joyce Meyer at the judgment seat of God, wouldn't you? You say, preacher, that wasn't very nice. Well, the Bible said in Matthew 7 and 16, you should know them by their fruits. Remember, right? Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? We're not judging. We can know men and women by their fruits, can we not, that they bear. But James is saying, y'all better be careful to want to be teachers because it's the teacher that will receive greater condemnation. For in the pulpit's nothing to be tempered We have The Word of God's not to be messed We have It's right when God wrote it in a King James battle. James was preaching to me, but James is preaching to us. Not only do preachers and teachers need to live what they preach. So the people in the pew need to practice what they proclaim. But just think of the damage that's been done this morning by the false teachers taught something false and who's proclaimed it to be true. He's sending folks to hell with his words. All with his words. Also think about those this morning who are unprepared. This ain't popular either. The Bible still says study. To show thyself approved. And I've heard men tell me. And this is this is the honest truth. I don't study, I just get up and God fills my mouth. Okay. All right, then. You can do what you want to. But the Bible says this. In 1 Corinthians 1 and 21, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. That word said foolishness of preaching, not foolish preaching, amen. The foolishness of it. And when somebody gets up and they say, well, God just fills my mouth. Uh, hot air might fill your mouth, but I doubt the Lord does that. You've got to study your Bible for you. That verse said foolishness of preaching, all right? As I said a moment ago, though, this ain't for us. Just for us it's for all now if we're all very honest with one another this morning hey we've been here for almost four years we can get honest now can't we my wife can't I'm just kidding she just gave me a look this morning makes me scared I'm just kidding giving her a hard time we're all very honest with one another there's a place that all of us fail at the most and it seems like it's a place this morning is by this thing in our mouths that is known as the tongue. Friend, if we could get a hold on our tongue, it'd be amazing what God could do with us this morning. And friend, it's just like the Word of God is saying here. It's the person who can get control of their tongue that can have control over their whole entire body. And that's how we prove that we're perfect. And as I said, we ain't there yet. One day we will be. But friend, listen, one day we'll have a perfect tongue. But I think we can do better. Then what we do if we try. I believe that. Now James is not making a mistake in our Bibles by connecting the sins of the tongue with the whole body. Because lots of times what comes out of our mouth comes out in our actions. And if you're not very careful, the, the thing that ends up happening lots of times is that we'll shoot off at the mouth before we even realize what comes out of it. And if we're not careful, we can wreck somebody else's life by what has come out of our own two lips. Boy, after all, is that not how people get in fights? How many of you in school and like to see a good fight? Boy, I did. Yeah. I didn't like to be on the front end of it, but I sure like to watch it. And what happened to us? This thing would build up. It'd go around the school. So and so's going to get a fire. You remember that? It spread like a fire. 
and say, so-and-so's mad about this, so-and-so's mad about that. And then by the time that so-and-so tells that so-and-so that's going to get in that fight, I heard what he done to you or she done to you. Then before you know it, friend, those words have caused a fight to happen that could have been stopped by our tongue. How, preacher? Well, I'll show you in just a minute. But friend, after all, we see how people get in fights so we can even say this. How many fights have husbands and wives could have been avoided if you and I would have just put a guard up over our mouth? Boy, it's getting quiet. That's how you know when you're driving something home. When it gets real quiet. Amen. I like it. We can say this. If you and I put a guard over our mouths, just how many feelings could we have saved from getting hurt this morning by one another? Hey, some of you look like you might know what I'm talking about, but we better move on. For some of you getting a fight now, it's here in our text. James is using this bin and this helm. This word helm means rudder. And it's these things that are very small in size. They've got great power. I mean, without the bit in the horse's mouth, the rider would not have any control over that horse. Me and my wife went for our, I believe it's our 10 year anniversary. See, my mouth's going to get me in trouble. I'm riding. She don't know. That's good. <laughs> I can't get no trouble like that. But hey, so we went on one of our anniversaries. And we got these horses. They're the most stubbornest horses I'd ever seen in my life. Now, we had a good time. But we got two horses and that lady said, are you two married? We said, yes, ma'am. I said, that's good because these two horses, they like each other. Well, they like each other so much, they following each other until mine got the water. Now, when mine got to the water, I was nervous anyway. And here's this horse walking on the side of this bank. Here's the water. And I'm thinking, we're going to fall in this water. This horse is going to fall over sideways. And I could not get him to turn. I turned the bit and turned the bit in the horse's mouth. And he just, you know how they do. Quit that. I ain't listening to you. That's exactly how we do. And uh, that's what that horse does. But the thing he wouldn't listen to, hallelujah, he listened to stop. Whoa. And I'm glad he did. But friend, that thing, that bit, if I didn't have it this morning, then I would have probably been in the water. I'm glad he stopped, friend. Listen, uh, that was uh, that bit was small, but I relied on the bit this morning in the horse's mouth. And sometimes it would listen. And I was so glad when it did. That was, I was wore out after that. That wore me out. Some of you that ride horses, bless your heart, that wore me out. But just like the bit was small, so is the helm of a ship. When we went on our cruise, I looked at that ship and that thing was humongous. But a little rudder turns that ship. Now that's amazing to me. Something that big can turn a ship. Now if you've ever been on a cruise, Brother David, wouldn't it be scary to just be stuck out in the dark and all the lights out and the engine dead and, and I mean, friend, when you get to looking off of that deck, it kind of makes me a little nervous at night because that's all you see is black water everywhere. And I saw that and I thought, man alive, you get to thinking the worst. What if this thing stops? That's putting trust in the captain, ain't it? But that's where I was at. But what if it stopped? We wouldn't know where we was going next. I like to have some direction on them things, don't you? And in dealing with this rudder, I'm pretty sure the rudder didn't always go the way the water wanted it to move. Did it? The rudder didn't go the way the wind wanted it to go all the time, did it? 
So there were things that were contrary to the rudder, just like my horse went contrary to the bit most of the time. And friend, that's exactly how our mouths will do this morning because it's the tongue that's in our body. But just how much do our tongues like to go contrary to the way the Holy Spirit of God guides and leads and directs you and me? Boy, it likes to be contrary. There's a force in our day contrary. And just like the bit must overcome the force of that wild beast, just like the rudder must fight the winds and the current, so must you and me this morning overcome the wicked things in our life and overcome the demons when one crawls up on his shoulder, when you're mad especially, and when somebody's uh, teach you off, amen, and then this will cross up and this will cross up. You know how it is. And most of the time, we flip the good one off and we say what's bad. And I'm not necessarily talking about cuss words this morning. It can be something that could so much hurt the person that you're saying it to. But yet that's what we do. There's contrary forces. Just like the road and the bit had circumstances working against them. You and I have got circumstances all around us. Amen. Demons, spiritual wickedness in high places. And if we're not careful, the circumstances of life can make us say things that we ought not to say. And oftentimes where it begins is it starts with a sin on the inside that seeks to get control of our tongue. And if you and I don't have control for something else, we'll never get it under control. Just like the horse had a horseman. Just like the ship had a captain. So there's got to be something working on the inside or we'll never, ever get in control. I'm glad there's a Holy Ghost of God living inside of me. And if we'll let Him have control, then boy, we can watch our mouths a lot better than what we do. But the thing about it is we're like that horse kicking and gnawing. He'd gnaw on that bit sometimes. I'd watch him. He's mad. Hey, that's the way we are, ain't it? The problem of our day is that Jesus really don't have our tongue. The Bible said in Proverbs 18 and 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It's with our tongues we have the power of life. Hey, we have power this morning to preach the gospel, the word of God, and it send forth life, give the life-giving flood through the blood of Christ. But just think the people who have committed suicide all because of being made fun of by somebody's little tongue. Think about it for a minute. And I'll say the us. Just think about what one kind word of encouragement might have done for them. In our mouths lay the words of life and death. Oh, what power that we have with our mouths. What you and I need to do in our day and time more than anything is be like David. David said this, Psalm 141, verse 3 and 4, said, A watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Incline not my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked words with men that work iniquity and let me not eat of their dainties. David knew wickedness came from the heart. And if you let that wickedness get way down deep within, if he let it take hold, then he knew that wickedness would come out of his mouth. Bible said in Matthew 12 and 34, O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The main problems with our mouths and with our tongues this morning is what lies within our hearts. 
And herein lies the problem of altars not getting used like they used to. People not calling on God like they used to. It's not. It is a sin problem. Don't get me wrong. It is. But it's a heart problem. Our hearts have been turned away from God. We're cold on Him. And we get cold on spouses. Husbands get cold on spouses. Wives and husbands. Our hearts ain't right. Our hearts are cold. We live in 2022. And there's so many things to draw us away from God now than there ever has been since I've been And our hearts are cold. Boy, I need revival. I don't know about you, but it's a sad day when we've lost our concern. And the loss of concern comes out of the mouth. When Jesus Christ becomes Lord of our hearts, He's Satan, our soul. But when He becomes the Lord of our hearts and Lord of our lips, amen, then we can see what God can do. But we can truly, we can see this morning what truly has our heart this day. Because the way some of our mouths are. It's this bit in this rudder in our text has power to direct like it directed the horse and the ship. But if that horse or that ship gets out of control, the thing that they can do is this. They can wreak havoc and destruction on the people's lives that are on the horse and on the ship. This ain't good preaching, I know. But so many times as we go through life, we don't even take notice of the people that we might hurt or just what effect that our words truly have on people. A judge says guilty or not guilty. That has affected that person's life for the rest of their life. By guilty or not guilty. Sometimes when somebody says something that hurts you, that word that came off their tongue can be hard to forget. The Bible says forget. Boy, do we really forgive something? I, I really believe that you'll forget it. God did when He forgot our sin. But here we well, that's one of the hardest things to do, ain't it? And maybe you don't have to forget. There, there's difference of opinion there, and that's fine. But boy, that, that word that somebody says can hurt you so bad the rest of your life. Boy, we need to be careful the words come out of our mouths because you never know the effect. They'll have a person that hears them. Well, it's been said in history this, that on April 21st of 1855, a man by the name of Edward Kimball went to a shoe store in Boston, Massachusetts. There was another man in that shoe store that day. His name was D.L. Moody. You know what Mr. Kimball said to D.L. Moody? He shared with him the gospel. Words. Powerful words. D.L. Moody got saved in a shoe store. The Elmody's ministry is used today. We read after it. And, and it's a great thing. But by this man's words, he had the power to direct the Elmody's life. In our little tongue this morning lies the power to direct somebody's life. And we can either direct it in danger, we can direct it in destruction, or we can direct it and help them in their life uh, and be the light to them. Oh, what power. Our Word of God is full of words. Oh, what power. There lies in a word. By grace are you saved through faith. Not of gifts, lest any man should boast. 
For by what man sin entered into the world, death by sin. Thank God there was another man written in the Word of God that had the power to overcome our sin. <laughs> Amen. And made us perfect. Hallelujah on the inside. Friend, look at Proverbs. We need to learn how to talk. The Bible said in Proverbs 15 and 1, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The Bible said in Proverbs 12 and 22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are His delight. Everybody's quick to say homosexuality is an abomination. Lying lips are too. Hey, nobody wants to talk about that. Oh my goodness, we've got to be careful how we talk. Proverbs 10 and 19, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Sometimes we talk too much when we all us. The thing you and I have this morning is power to direct. Think about that rudder and that bit in that horse's mouth. What power lies in a little bitty We've got power to help people. We've got power to tear them down. We can do whatever that we want to do, but I know God wants us to be a help and a blessing. Number two, we have the power to destroy. The Bible says in verses 5 through 8, Even so the tongue is the little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it's set on fire of hell for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed to mankind but the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. How many of you have seen fires and heard about them just overtaking cities and places and homes so fast before anybody has time to react to them? How many of you remember the forest fires burning in California? They burned out of control. There was a fire in Pigeon Forge this week, I believe it was. And it burned out of control. One little spark destroyed miles and miles of land. There's been some fires started from one tiny spark, left hundreds of thousands homeless, and because of one little spark as well, many people died too. Now I know our words can't start little fires, but it sure is like a fire when wrong and hurtful things come out of our mouths. Again, I'm not talking about the Word of God. I'm talking about us just not watching our tongues. The Bible said in Proverbs 26, 20, and 21, where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there's no tailbearer, the strife ceaseth. Amen. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. Just how much strife has been caused in churches of our day because one person wants to batten out the other. This side's against this side. And, and, and this side's got too much family in it. Come on now. And this side over here, well, we ain't got much family. And they batten out one side and the other side. Better be careful. Careful. Mm. There are too many people in churches of our day given to quarrelsome mouths. When the preacher preaches mean, they hate it. When the preacher's sweet, they hate it. They just say no place. And that's the way that our churches are today. And then we wonder why we can't have meeting. Boy, it's those kinds of people let their flesh control their tongues. 
They'll cause division in the church, ruin the church. They can even lead to the church's destruction. Friend, what one man said these kind of people need to do is move out of town. I like that fellow that said that. Let them be replaced in office. And that's when a beautiful spirit of harmony will take over the church. Amen. That's the truth, ain't it? Amen. Well, anyhow, our tongue's like a fire. It can heat things up quick before we know it. Cause us to lose our temper, can't it? Have you ever been like that? Just mad. <laughs> My wife in the car was making fun of me. And we was picking back and forth. And uh, I'm going to try and put this in terms. <laughs> it's natural. Women have things. And my wife said so to me about all the time. I you right. I didn't say that in the car, but she was right. I was sitting there, I was holding my tongue. Amen. I knew what I was preaching this morning. But what it usually ends up does happen to say when we get mad is we're sorry. Then we have to eat crow. Now here's the thing though. When we don't, it boils up. And then we'll sit on the church pew on Sunday morning like this. You might not even be mad at the preacher. Man, I'm I'm mad. Not even mad at each other. Bless me if you can, preacher. I'm already mad. And boy, then we kill the whole service dead at three o'clock because of words. We can relate with David in Psalm 39 and 3. The Bible says, My heart was hot within me while I was musing the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue. He said, I was thinking about what made me mad. Is that not what we do? Think about it. Ponder upon it. Then that thing gets mad and the next person comes your way. It don't matter if they're being nice or not. You have to let them have it and then it's too late to go back. Now is that not how we are? I can also tell when we're hitting a home run too because the laughing starts. How many times in anger have you and I uttered words we didn't mean? Words that have hurt a person dear to us. We had do well to take heed to Proverbs 14 and 29. The Bible says, He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is a hasty of spirit exalteth folly. Our words are like fire. They start small, then they grow and they grow. And they grow. And our words can hurt more than we ever thought they could. Friend, it's fiery words that can destroy a Sunday school. Fiery words that can destroy the whole service. Kill them. Oh, friend. There's churches I've known fought over what color the carpet is. Hurtful words have been exchanged. That's ridiculous. We're not in here, Amen. Anyhow. The only thing that can put out the fire before it spreads is the blood of Christ. Get it under the blood. Let God handle it. Hey, friend, He can put out the fire this morning. Hey, if you've had hateful words toward one another, toward somebody in this church, why don't you come and get it under the blood this morning and let's move on for the Lord. I don't know if you have or not. I just know what God gave me. And I believe I'm right because Brother JR's lined up too. Our words can hurt. We can take our words to Christ. And every person that we've hurt, we can apologize. Hey, we might not can apologize to them. We might not even know where they're at. 
Or we can take them to Christ. Hey, friend, I know this ain't talked about much, but one of the sufferings of Christ is He was mocked. The Bible said in Matthew 11 and 19, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber. A friend of publicans and sinners, but wisdom is justified of her children. You know what they said? They said, Jesus, you're a glutton. You eat too much. Wow. And then they said, well, you made wine. If I had a dollar for every time I've heard that mess right there. It was new wine. There wasn't no alcohol in it. It was pure. The Pharisees done just what people are doing today to Jesus. They call him a glutton and wine beaver, uh, wine beaver all because he ate and sat down with sinners. Then he is mocked on the cross. They said, come down from here if you're really God. Don't you think that hurt him? Our words are like fire. Fire spreads. And the more fuel that you give a fire, the more that it'll burn. Hey, friend, uh, uh, James in our text said this in verse 6. He said, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue of our, our, among our members that it defileth the whole body and set it on fire the courts of nature and is set on fire of hell. James is saying that a person's entire life can be destroyed by one little word that comes out of our mouth. There's folks sitting in jail that are not guilty this morning because of the words that somebody said against their life. And it has ruined their life. There's folks in church pews this morning that are still hurting that are still holding a grudge by a word that somebody has said to them years ago down the road. And I'm telling you, it'll hinder not only the service, it'll eat at you inside. It'll eat at you. It'll tear you up. Friend, it's by some people's words this morning that fire spreads. And just like a fire, it destroys what's in its paths. And if you hold that thing in long enough, it'll get the best of you. Better off just to let it go and let God have it. It'll help you in the long run. Folks have ulcers this morning. Cancers this morning. Things because of what they're letting eat at them on the inside. Words. Words. Think of an Adolf Hitler this morning. What he done with his words. Think of all the people killed. Think of how many hearts we might have broken through the years. Think of the reputations that have been ruined by words through the years as well. But worst of all, think of the souls in hell this morning because of words. Words not said. Words that were said. False words. We've got to be careful. Careful of the things we say. The Bible said in Colossians 4 and 6, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. You see salt in the Bible, it talks of purification, holiness, seasoned with salt, purer words. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. The tongue is like a fire, is it not? We've got to be careful with this thing, but not only is it like a fire, it's like a dangerous animal. How many of you like to go to the zoo? See the animals. Nobody likes them. Amen. Well, I like the zoo. And our daughter likes the zoo. And I'm glad them things are in cages. Ain't you? Because if they wasn't, they'd get out. And I wouldn't want no snake 
of getting near me. You wouldn't either, would you? I don't like them things. They're in cages for a reason. Our tongue this morning has a cage. One of our cages is right here. And then our other one. Mm-hmm. And if we keep these two together, sometimes all the damage we could avoid. We got the power to direct, power to destroy. We've got a cage for it. Now, number three, the power to delight. Look at this. Bible 7 verses 9 through 12, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt, water, and fresh. Now how awful a thing on Sunday morning will brag on God and then the same day go out of God's house and put a curse on people that we've just worshipped with. What James is saying is it don't have to be that way. But the tongue can be like a fountain that provides cool water on a hot and sweaty day. That's the way that we as children of God ought to be this morning. And the fountain can't provide what man needs this morning, can it not? How many of you have been mowing grass on a hot day and then all of a sudden get you a cool drink of water and it's refreshing, is it not? That's the way our words ought to be to people when we're around them, seasoned with salt. Hey, it's a delight this morning when you get around a child of God, ain't it? And they just talk to you real friendly and they shake your hand and they'll tell you the truth and be honest, but at the end of the day, they'll hug your neck and they'll say, you know what? I love you. They'll say, I want to help you. I want to be a blessing to you. That's the way we ought to be as God's people. We've got the power this morning to destroy. We've got the power to direct. We've got the power to be in the light. And I'm telling you about a man this morning who was in the light of my soul when he showed me I was lost and on my way to hell. His name is Jesus friend. And I'm telling you, ain't you glad he spoke unto you the words of life. You and I have got the words of so let's take them to the world and share on this form. Be at the lab. Oh, when somebody does something nice to you, say thank you. Delightful words. Oh, when you hurt somebody, say sorry. It hurts and stings a little bit, but it's okay. When somebody does something right, Say, hey, pull them to the side. Give them a hand, boy. Pat them on the back. Love on them a little bit. Build one another up. Is that not what's missing in church today? We sit around tearing one another down instead of edifying Christ first of all and then edifying one another. Boy, how words ought to be a delight. A delight. When's the last time you told your wife Told your husband you loved them. Delightful words. Just walk into the house. Don't let them. Now you probably don't want to do it after you heard this this morning. You don't know when they're least expected. And just look at them and say, I love you. Now, you can't just say it. You know how that goes, don't you? You know when you're leaving in a big hurry and say, love you, bye. Well, that's a real hard thing to leave. Yeah. Love you, bye. No, walk in and say, honey, 
Drop everything. I love you. Hey, be a delight. Be a delight. I'm preaching to me too. Well, He can help make our words delight. Christ can. Proverbs 12 and 18, There is that speaketh like the piercings of swords, but the tongue of the wise is health. We've got the very words of health in our mouths. What power that we've got this morning. And what we need to do more than anything for one another is brag on God and lift one another up. Be a help. A church house shouldn't be hard for us. It ought to be a place we can come in and worship God. And Hey, so I'm worshiping like mine, one accord. We're getting ready to go through that in Acts. But listen, the Bible said this. This is Paul praying, Romans 15 and 32, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God and may with you be refreshed. <coughs> refresh. He said, I'm praying I can refresh you. And that's the way it ought to be in God's house. Refresh one another. Boy, I like it when God gets on somebody and then it pours on to the next one. And then it pours on to the next one. Pours on to the next one. That's delightful, ain't it? When we all get to looking like those sheep and all get to looking alike and we forget about us and all the nastiness that, that our neighbors does. And we just think about what Christ does. Boy, I tell you, it's a delight. Oh, it's refreshing. Get a cold drink from another country. Oh, Freyanda. But in order to be a delight, here's the thing. We've got to be rooted and grounded in God. That's the whole thing about it. What comes out of our mouth when it's wrong is a heart problem. We're not rooted and grounded where we need to be rooted and grounded at. And that's in Christ. Rooted and grounded in Him. He's got our soul. Does He have your heart? If He truly has your heart, most of the time, He'll have your mouth. I can't say all the time. Most of the time, He'll have your mouth. Mm. Roots run deep. How much are we rooted in the things of God? Hatred comes out because we're not rooted in Him. The Bible said in Proverbs 4 and 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. How are you going to keep your heart? Fill your heart with this. With the Word of God. Are you called on God this morning? I don't know your heart. I don't know your heart. Say, preacher, I'm cold. Said hurtful things. I'm grouchy all the time. Hateful. I'm bitter. Why don't you just give it to God? Why don't you give it to Him? Why don't you come get it fixed up this morning? Lots of times we use our mouth as bitter water instead of refreshing water. Well, let's all stand this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I'm done. God help us to watch our tongue. I gave you these just a minute ago and give you, give you again some phrases that we ought to try be a delight. Problem is, there are words we might not use a lot. Mr. Warren Wearsby has pinned these.